Davis, his money line, his money line, his money line. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBook. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Hello world, welcome into Moneyline once again. Although we had a week off, the boys are back in the building and we're going to bring some money, we're going to bring some heat, we're going to bring some jams because that's what the guy behind the glass does, but my partner in grind, the statistician, I call him the power forward of this here team at Josh Jordan 97.5, which is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? It was a little weird last week, right? No show. No show, but today we're going to make up for that. We got a lot of games to get to, a lot of local teams talk, let's say, to get to. A new segment, I guess, themed around the Astros and all the hate of. But before that, let's get to the uh, guy behind the glass, the guy that rocks it every single Sunday with us from 10 to noon. The ladies call him the best tight end in the league. At Carlson Radios, where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew! Look, I don't know about all this best tight end stuff, Jerry. We're, we're going leave to that, leave that to the side. As but. I pulled into the building, the ladies were out there. Some called them groupies, but I call them fans out of respect. And they said, hey, you tell them in there that we're, the, we're pushing for him. He's the best tight end in there. And I'm just, don't kill the messenger here, okay? But let's get this show going. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open. If you want to talk anything, because it's open. This, uh, this show is is. For the people, right? We leave it open so we don't judge here. So if you're against anything, we say, hey, if you're against the Astros talk that we have, get in here. Jump on in here. If you're a Cowboys fan and you want to get something off your chest to the Texans, get in here. That's what we're here for on a Sunday morning. We try to keep it upbeat, but at the same time, we try to win money because that's what you're listening for. You want those fantasy picks when we're playing football. You want those those bet picks today, and I got plenty of them. Like I said, we got we got some making up to do, and that's what we're going to do today. The phone lines are open again 713-780-ESPN what's going on my man Josh man, a lot right we got a lot of NFL news the Rockets are red hot man I'm really I'm already looking forward to their next game you know I'm I'm looking on my phone like hey when are they playing again I want I want to watch them there it's a fun brand of basketball man let's react a little to, to last night's game Russell Westbrook came through big game for him last night I, I didn't think the game really needed to go to OT but it did and I Usually when they go to OT, I always feel like my team's going to lose no matter who my team is, but it just feels like that to me. So I was a little worried they weren't going to pull it off, but they did. Rockets win again. What do you think, man? They've been on a tear since trading Capella. Impressive. Let's start there. Um, Some questions have been answered, I guess, as the sample size has grown. It's a project, right? And a project I don't know if we can say it's successful until they surpass the expectations that were put in preseason whenever they brought Westbrook in. So to for this to be considered successful, they have to at least make it to the playoffs and get past at least the stage of which 
that Westbrook was brought here for. What stage is that? I'm not sure. Is it the stage that Chris Paul was able to, you know, a Chris Paul Rockets team was able to get to? Um, are we going to use the Warriors excuse saying, well, it was against the Warriors because then you could say, well, they had a chance against the Durant-less Warriors. So what's considered that stage to you and to a Rocket fan out there? Again, 713-780-3776 because getting this small ball to work was already a big question. And, and I'm not going to lie. If you go back on Twitter, none of that's erased. I was saying, I was, you know, skeptic. I had a lot of skepticism. And, and, and they won that first game against the Lakers. Yep. My thought was, I don't think the Lakers had enough chance to prepare for this either. It's, it's like preparing for another team. You're thinking, what is this going on? Are they really? And they shot the lights out. But as we've seen them grow, They've come into form, and they're finding their spots. And a game like yesterday, a close game, a tough game against a team that will be in the playoffs on the other end, a team that is a hard place to play at, and you were able to figure it out being down double digits at halftime, that's one of the tests that they needed to pass, in my eyes. Test passed. Yeah. I was impressed at the end of the game because – the threes aren't always going to fall, right? And James tried a couple times to ice the game with some threes, and he missed. But that's why it's nice to have Russ because, you know, he can go get you a layup. You know, he can go get to the foul line and get you some, you know, high-percentage opportunities at scoring. And I think that's a nice balance to, to all the three-point shots. So I think Russ is really – he's fun to watch, man. He looks explosive. You know, maybe at the beginning of the year he was kind of rounding into form with his knee getting healthier over the course of the season. But he looks explosive and – it, there's a plan, right? That, that's when they made this deal. I was like, oh, you know, I was kind of confused, but now I see the plan. You're just going to have Russ attack the basket over and over and over again and kick it out to all these shooters. And this, you know, these guys are also pretty good at defending on the the perimeter with Covington. So there's a plan and it's working. But to your point, I don't know if it's going to work in you know in the playoffs as well as it is now because you have more time to prepare for it in the playoffs. And that's the thing. They're going to have a lot of close games. They're going to have a lot of instances like yesterday and you brought up a good point and we watched it a few times the replay in slow motion and the rebound that James Harden could have had now when you think of you know the rebound uh, where they were down three Tatum misses the first of two has to intentionally miss the second comes off the rim I think yeah the objective they say block off the shooter right so uh, James I think he misjudged the ball and he jumped to the middle of the lane his move was towards the middle of the lane and when he realized that that ball came breaking to his side he jumps up one handed fails to bring it in the ball starts bouncing around and we know what happened after that magic but these are plays that can't happen and I hate to be I don't want to be that guy like hey let's find a, let's find a negative out of this yeah. because like you said, this is fun basketball, what you use the term, and I think it's exactly that. And for Houston fan out there that's been struggling, although even the guy that's had James back, uh, James Harden's back, or the guy that doesn't have Harden's back, even though he's a Houston fan, you've gotten what you wanted, right? You've gotten the ball to get moving. The ball's moving around, and you got the play being made faster. What happens? Westbrook's not let, allowing these good defenses to set. A good defense like a... Boston Celtics team that is known that they could play half court defense. So what? How do you take that away? Let's run. Let's put this ball down and run. And with the small ball lineup, even when they get put in in half court situations, if Westbrook could beat his man, which how many guys can Westbrook not beat off the dribble? 
not very many that can hold him. So what was the problem before that? He was settling for shots. If we go back to the to, to the Christmas Day massacre, right? Yeah. And everything that has ensued since, he changed that. He knows. He listened. He learned. And he found out where his magic is. And, and, and that's taking it to the hole. And he wants the ball in his hands. And for guy that's criticized Harden, as in myself, like I said, I'm never going to take that mask off. Uh, that's why I think we get along on Sunday because we we try to be truthful about it. We don't try to be national guy. We don't try to be local guy. We 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 be we try to be truthful, right? And I've gone out many times and said, man, well, this is, but this is the perfect remedy for something of maybe Harding not having this moment because Westbrook is, and Harding's not going to disappear all the time. He'll have his moments as well, and maybe. Chris Paul wasn't the answer because, yes, Chris Paul does have his moments and he can have his spurts offensively. But if you ask me offensively, who's more of a killer, who's more of a deadly, I'm trusting Westbrook with the ball in his hands to either get to the hole, um, create, uh, draw the foul, or or even draw, make the defense collapse, respect him, and then have these kickouts. And that's what they need. It is. And Mike D'Antoni said it the other night about Westbrook like you guys remember he won the MVP a couple years ago right you know like this guy he's he's that good this isn't you know beyond you know something that you've never seen from Westbrook before he's he's a great player and he's playing like it it's and it seems like James has no issue with it he's enjoying it because that's the one thing they want right they they want a championship it seems like they're sharing the ball and they're getting along great and it's it's fun to watch so I'm excited, man. The Rockets are finally giving us something because you didn't think they had a chance back when they had Capella, right? But it feels like now I think they're legitimate contenders. And you bring up Capella, and I was a Capella believer, but maybe not for this particular system. Somewhere out there, there's a system for him. The systems that still have the Rudy Gobert's of the of the world, you know, those systems that use a traditional center, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere out there, there's a need and he'll fit in. But for this particular lineup and the way that they want to get out and play and the way that he was clogging up the lane, it just wasn't working out. Now, do they still need to find another big somewhere along the lines? Yeah, because in a in a seven game series, maybe even to bring him off the bench, you, you might need that extra body in certain points. But for right now, it's working. Yesterday, Covington showed on a Tatum in spots that he can hold him. That's what you brought him here for, a, a long guy that yep. can that can stretch the floor on offense as well. That's what he's here for. Again, they passed the test, and, and I'll go out and say it, as, just like I stood in front of the stage and, and grabbed the mic and said, let me talk first whenever this happened. And I said, I don't think this is going to work, and you, you just wait till you see. And then the next day, they did lose against Phoenix. And I said, I told you, right? But I stayed quiet. I said it in my head because I said, let's see how this plays out. Yep. And then it started playing out, and I've been slowly watching them. And I can go out and say on that same mic that I stood up and I said, listen to this, and I'll say, listen to this. In a seven-game series, I don't know, but to, to, to expect that team not to be able to shoot 35 40% at that volume of shots from the, from the three-point land, you know, if they do that, it's going to be hard. Your offense is going to have to score 120 to beat them. And, okay, that, that's, the, that's the way they've chosen. They're perfectly fine with that. I mean, what if they do get to the two seed? Then they don't they don't have to play the Lakers, right? In that bracket of the playoffs, you get home court. I mean, they're only one game out of the two seed right now. How do you feel about this team now? 
I know that you know, how much you bleed that red and, and coming into the season, you know, we even had that discussion on here about, all right, let's see if Westbrook works or not. And, you know, you were like, hey, I just want to see it work. I was a little more on the negative side. Um, then as the season rolled on, you kind of said, man, I just don't know what's going on. I talked to you one time. You looked real down, Andrew. Like, man, I just don't know. Like, this, this is not working. Then that trade happening optimism came back into play as it did with you guys listening out there rocket the fans like hey now where do you stand as of this moment looking for the forwards uh for the playoffs does when does it become a successful season what stage of the playoffs do they have to get to to make this successful if you're not in the conference finals then the, the season's not successful to me at this point in time with what james harden has done in his career as a rocket if you're not in the finals, this season's probably a failure. But I understand when you're in the conference that you're in against some of the competition that you're going against, that's a hard bar to clear. So to me, personally, I would say if you're not making it a very good series in the Western Conference Finals, then this season's a failure. And to be frank with you, Jerry, this is the most optimistic I've been yep. since that first season with Chris Paul. This is the this is the best I've felt about a Rockets team since that first season. And what's even better D'Antoni's using a nine-man rotation right now. When's the last time that we saw him use more than like seven, eight guys in a regular season? He, he trusts nine guys on this team all of a sudden. And you know what that's going to mean? Fresher legs at the end of the year. No, that, that's a good point. And I was, I was paying, I noticed that yesterday too. And I was thinking along those same lines. I'm like, man, if you got a whole bunch of these guys, then you'll always have somebody fresh in the game. And it's, it's working. So we'll see, but I'm pretty optimistic. Their schedule's pretty soft going forward so i think they could easily i think they could finish in the two seed i i think i might actually bet on that so we say these rotations and we know that in the past playoffs even like say that san antonio series you know it was a seven-man rotation and you're thinking Mm -hmm. what's going on here and you ask yourself why is the rotation now and it's because you got to trust these guys and and the system work you have shooters you've built your team around guys that can shoot even your big guys can shoot Everyone can shoot, and I don't think that – don't get me wrong. There's days where your team is off, sure, but you give yourself more options and more people that, hey, you're off, hey, swing that ball. We got another guy, and you know what? We got a guy that can put it on the floor and take it to, to the rack every time. Do not let the opposite team set. You look at down the playoff picture right now, and you ask yourself, where – what team really scares you? What team can stop the Rockets from this rocket uh, from, from this small ball? Someone like the Jazz that could try to slow it down, but the Jazz have historically had trouble with the Rockets, and I don't think that this is the team. Don't get me wrong. If you look at the overall Jazz roster, you think, man, there's a lot of names on there, but uh, names that have been beat up by these Rockets teams. Don't get me wrong. They added some pieces, pieces that people thought, hey, this is the team that gets over. I still don't believe that with a with a with a a traditional center like Gobert playing against a team like this, I don't think that they're, they're going to be able to beat the Rockets in the seven-game series. So you look, what team of those give the Rockets the most trouble? The phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. Which team do you, and I hate to use the word fear, but which team do you not want to play? And we know that the Lakers, obviously, but after that, Lakers and Clippers, are, do you scare, are you scared of the Nuggets? Are you scared of the Jazz? The Thunder? The Mavericks? The Grizzlies? No. No. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. Like the fire that needs the air. I won't burn unless you're there. 
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Phone lines are open. You can text us. You can call us. You can watch us on Twitch. You can catch us on Sports Map. A little bit of everything. On a Sunday morning, we're going to bring you some winners. Every segment from here on out, I'll try to drop you a pick. Starting next segment, because I don't know how many picks I'm going to give out throughout this show, I'm going to drop a pick for you. We've got soccer. we got a little bit of hoops. we got MLS back. A little bit of dynamo action. Big Chucharito was in town yesterday, right? Uh, sold out house. I like to see that. We need something around Houston soccer. And I know uh, Andrew's big on it. It's not just because he's the producer of Soccer Matters, but on top of that, you know, working with Glenn Davis, I'm sure that that's what you want to see, a packed house, Houston getting behind it. Did you uh, check the game out at all? I did. Uh, the problem is, are you going to be able to sustain that when Chicharito's not on the when, – when he's not visiting Houston? And over the past couple of years, that hasn't been the case. And I've got my own grievances to air that we won't go into here. But it was nice to see the stadium full again. I'll leave it at that. And uh, you make a great point because if we go back years, a few years back when Beckham, David Beckham was making his round and about and selling out stadiums. When he came here, it was a it was a zoo. You know, everyone piled in to see him. And then shortly after, the stadium was orange because the seats were empty once again, you know what I mean? And I hate to see that. But we also have Houston Roughnecks. And today at 3 o'clock, Roughnecks against the Renegades. Uh, some are calling it a, a Texas showdown, whatever you want to say, the rivalry. Yeah. Even if you don't look at it like that, hey, it's football. And if you don't even like that, hey, it's on ESPN 97.5. So at least support us that way. Yeah, listen here on the station. We'll have the game a little later. But, hey, it's Houston first Dallas. How can you not get into three that? 3-0 Houston. Make yes. it clear. Let's 3-0 Houston against the 2-1 Renegades. A, a Renegades team that had that first bad game. They've kind of cleared it up since then. And the first game was without their quarterback. I'm curious to see points. If you're wondering where do, where do you stick this, I think that – the, coming into the season, these two teams were teams that had systems that were supposed to throw up points. Um, the Renegades weren't able to do that in the first game again because their quarterback was missing. Roughnecks has done, uh, have done their part in every game, hitting team totals, covering, whatever you want them to do. Um, minus the one game they didn't cover because it's a day. Think of this as NFL when teams overreact. Roughnecks first game came out, looked real good. Then all of a sudden you had a, a outside of a touch. Well, you, I hate to even use outside of a touchdown spread because this is different. Okay. Sure. So it was a, a big spread, the biggest spread of second week. They get back door, don't cover, but they win. So what happens the next week? The books adjust the, book, uh, the numbers. It's just like anything else. Oh, don't overreact and, and, and react on overreactions. And I hate to use it like that, but that's what it is. Look into what people are doing and do the opposite. What does the Joe Public think? I'm going to do the opposite. No doubt. And the Roughnecks have been winning, but these have been some close games. You know, If they didn't get that interception at the end of the game last week, it was against Tampa, I believe. You know, then I don't know. You know, they 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 had an opportunity to win that game, and luckily the Roughnecks got the interception, sealed the game right there. But they haven't been a lot of you know blowouts the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I I like the Roughnecks to win, but I'm just saying they, they they've had some things break their way, and we know how football goes. It, that's not always going to happen. It's not always going to happen. Um, it's always good uh, good to get off to a good start, right? When your quarterback is, I mean, how long can 
I hate to say face of the league, but that guy's going to be the face of the league until he's scooped up by the NFL. But let this be an example and let this pave the way for, I'm thinking, and I'm not sure if this was what the XFL's expectations was or, or they wanted to be, but a supplemental league to, you know, supplemental form to, to, to give players that are worth and, and get their second chance back to the NFL and saying, hey, this guy still got something. And I think once you start doing that feeder system into it and you start talking about sponsorships and let's hook up like this and now you start throwing NFL merging with them somehow and you start getting those TV contracts even further deeper, that's where the money starts coming in. That's where you're saying, hey, we're here to stay. And I hope that that's eventually what happens. And I hope PJ's one of those guys we look back from years and we're like, hey, he was the leader of that. Look how many guys got their opportunity at, at, at the big shot again in the NFL. And I hate to say that big shot, that, to, to, that not that the XFL isn't that, but, you know, all those guys in that locker room, the ultimate dream is to get back to the NFL. And if the NFL is gonna, or the XFL is going to lose their stars because they can only pay players X amount of money, right? So eventually it's going to get to a point where <laughs> – you know, you got to pay bills, right? So you got to make your move. So you're like, man, it was cool XFL. I appreciate it, but I got to move on. So what happens when you start losing every, every maybe, maybe the face last two years at the most? You know what I mean? How long does a team needing a quarterback like PJ, how long do you wait? Because there's, he, he's better than half the backups in the quarter in the league right now. I mean, you say that, but we don't know. Because right? the competition right. he's playing against, but. Right. But it feels that way. It, you, you know, yeah. it, it, it does. And, and Cam Phillips, the receiver, he has seven touchdowns. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Some of them that. are he's running. Seven. He's running down the field free on a blown coverage, which you ask yourself how many times. But yeah, until what if this is what P, what if the system that PJ was put in at first wasn't for him? You know, like this is where he excels. This is where he can fumble a ball and take it and pick it up off the you know on a bad snap and take off like. We have to see that. And what if it works? Here's why, though, is on the competition level where, where he's at right now, he's still the best athlete on the field in some aspects. You know what I mean? Like, that's that big jump, right, where quarterbacks go from college to the pros. You know, Tebow, we, you know, Vince Young, all these guys, right? And then they go to the pros, and all the linebackers can run as fast as you. And that's you, the You know what I mean? Like, it's a different world, and, and that's why you see some of these guys have the success they're having. And that's exactly what I'm curious to see. Again, I think that there'll be uh, some players that get scooped up, and I just hate to see it because the quarterback position is what will ultimately define this league because that's what's going to hold back the play. On some of these games that are ugly, that's what you see. But the, the games that shine, the, the roughnecks are in, for example, and they come out scoring, and the game script tells the other team that has to score, and it ends up being close, and the roughnecks get the game-breaking play that they needed to secure the win. That's football people like to see. Yeah, it's fun. But what happens when you start taking the good quarterbacks out? Or I hate that, like like the Christian Michaels or whatever it is of the world, mm-hmm. and him as far as others keep getting their chances, but they, they go to show that they are who they were in the NFL. Right, and there's not as much of an incentive in this league to run the ball to kill the clock because the clock's pretty much always moving anyway. So you can keep throwing the ball. So it's, it's I think it's exciting. It's kind of more of a quarterback-wide receiver kind of league, and it, that's probably what they wanted. And this is why we kind of spoke about it to finish this segment because next segment we're going to talk about the NFL. There's been a lot of talks about the new CBA. Uh, what are your thoughts going to be on it, Josh? I'm curious. Andrew is... Uh, is this something we need? Well, that's what we're going to go for because something some people use the term if it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. right? So, how much are they going to adapt 
to is it a player-friendly deal that they're looking for? A lot of players are mad. They're saying there's no way this is. But then they start saying, but there's going to be higher salary caps and there's going to be more money to be made. And some players are like, we don't care about that. We care about health. We want to adapt certain different little new aspects to this new CBA that's going to last longer than the previous ones. What are your thoughts on it? We want to know. 713-780-3776. Again, the phone lines are open. We talked Rockets. We're going to talk Astros, a new segment. If you look at Astros hate Twitter, that's what we're going to call it. You can go on on Twitter right now and just type in Astros on search, and you're going to come up with hundreds of posts. People are even blaming the coronavirus on the Astros, <laughs> right? Go ahead and tag us in that. Go ahead and tweet those to us, and we're going to read them on air because we're going to fight back. We're going to fight these trolls back on this show. It's time for the Astros hate to come to a stop. And if it's not, then we're going to rock it with them. We're going to expose the rocket, or I'm sorry, the Astros hate. Next on Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You can now listen to all your favorite shows on the Amazon Echo. Oh, sweet, dude. Just say, Alexa, open ESPN 97.5. Now playing ESPN 97.5. This is Moneyline. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Are you going to give the trophy back? You guys keeping a trophy or are you going to give it back? As long as you keep paying. How about the, how about the rings? Are you going to keep the rings? Are you going to keep the rings or the MVP or are you going to hey, give it back? Just keep paying and come see us. I'll come, I'll come to do this. That was the latest edition of How Much Do You Hate the Astros This Week. Mm -hmm. And for all you Astros fans out there that have been, I guess, having to deal with this for, I guess it seems eternity now, right? It seems like it's been a lifetime of this. But it hasn't been that long. And it's time to fight back. How do you fight a troll back? Whenever I was young, they taught me just to kind of laugh with them, just kind of act like it doesn't hurt your feelings. Because if you if you show them that it hurts, then that's when they keep bullying. You know, that's when they they like mm-hmm. that. So it's time to fight back, and this is what we're gonna do. So if you're listening out there, if throughout the week, feel free to send us a tweet. Send moneyline at moneyline ninety seven five on Twitter. You can send us or at Josh Jordan ninety seven five at Jerry Bone knows what is he or at Carlson Radio. Send us any kind of tweets that you find funny. Anything on these Astros posts, and it's not hard to find. You go to search, hit Astros, and the first thing that I found was the new conspiracy theory. The Houston Astros created the coronavirus scare to get people to stop talking about how they are effing cheaters. Don't at me. (laughs) We're just going to leave it at Sam. Sam says this. So it's like, you look on here, 167 likes, 14 retweets, and the man's got eight followers. (laughs) <laughs> of course. How about, it's even the big name guys, like John Heyman. If it makes anyone feel better, there's no doubt Astros players are suffering for their shenanigans. Some of them seem sad, while others it feels like they've lost their edge. Prediction, it's going to be a long season, and they'll very likely underperform. <laughs> nice. They, they seem sad. How about this guy from <laughs> Washington? The Nationals play the Astros Thursday, and I can't wait for some good old beanball. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean baseball. 
Cool, man. Highlight of the day. Driving by the hashtag Astros cheat fan wearing a World Series cap at the gas station and asking him how many trash cans he had to bang to get it. <laughs> it's like... I know, right? Come like, on. Night at the Improv. We can't be that weak. We can't be that weak to get on Twitter. That's the guy that his wife's like, if you don't get in here and do the dishes right now... No shots to my man, Raheel. <laughs> you better get in here right now. That's that guy. Or this guy that says... There's a, oh, there's a picture and Springer's at the plate and then there's a girl behind him and she's got the two thumbs down and she, he's like, this is what I'm going to do every single time that I'm at a stadium. Every fan needs to be doing this. So the fake, phony, fraud, Houston a- Astros, I mean, Asterix, let the cheaters drown in the sea of thumbs down. <laughs> it's like, what, what are we doing here? And again, it, this is a segment. What did the Astros do this week? And this segment will never run dry or at least not for the next Three or four years, because no matter what the Astros do when that when the season gets going, whether it's they lose, it's like, look, I told you they were cheaters with no cheating, or whether they win, they're gonna get the the, oh, the it's bad because ending. they're still cheating. Yeah, right? something out there. So it's time to fight back. And if you see something and it's hilarious to you, you say, man, it's time to put a stop to these phonies. Check out this guy. Go ahead and tag us in it because we're gonna have it all season long. And the one I'm hating this week the most is Kershaw defender. Are you kidding me? Yep. What are you? Are, so, what does the report say that X amount of pitches that no swings? Right. Uh, on pretty much, he's saying they laid off all his breaking balls. But I think I saw that that's not true because I think Altuve actually struck out swinging on a breaking ball early in that game. But for the majority of it, I guess it's accurate. So they're saying since they knew breaking balls were coming because they were cheating, that they laid off and they didn't. There weren't any swings and misses, but. It was, uh, I think, Verducci who's, who put that out, but whatever. You know, like, I just don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, they won. This actually makes the championship better for me. You know, just because of all this hate and, and all the garbage we're getting from New York and L.A., I'm glad we took your trophy, you know, especially after this. I don't feel bad at all. I'm actually excited for this season. So let's go to Twitter right now. We get our first one right here from the people, our guy, Dr. Dre, a faithful listener mm-hmm. of Moneyline. Shout out to my guy. So there's this Twitter account, and like you said, man, I don't even care anymore. Well, 139,000.7K followers, 2020 Astro Shame Tour, an account, that many followers. And he, this is from Dr. Dre, he, he had a post and he says, 100K might be the official sign of public rebellion. I don't stop until the trophy is seized, buzzers exposed, and Mad Friend resigns. The show must go on. Look at me. I'm the commissioner now. <laughs> that was good, Jerry. 3.4K <laughs> likes, 286 retweets. This must come to a stop. Astros Twitter defender, this is your moment. So again, 713-780-3776. Every single week we'll have this segment. If you see a shameful tweet, somebody just being ridiculous, or if you just want to expose them, go ahead and tweet us in it, and we're going to read them because it's time to fight back. But again, I don't see how someone can, with with a straight face, defend Kershaw. I mean, I'm hearing guys saying, you tarnished a legacy a career that's going to get looked back upon and it's going to say that the cheaters no one's going to remember that and i'm going to look back in years and i'm going to tell people i'm going to tell my kids kids kershaw blew it in every big moment that i ever saw that guy he was wonderful in in regular season games that's what i'm going to say and i don't know about y'all but 
I mean, come on. The Astros are really going to blame. We're going to give Kershaw the, the pass? No. Kershaw is the Peyton Manning if he'd never won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like a regular season warrior. That's exactly what he is. And again, people are gonna are going to, no matter what this year, it's a lose-lose situation. When you win games, they're going to say something. But win the whole thing. Because you can get to the World Series again, and it's still not going to be. You have to win the whole thing at Houston. I mean, Astros, you have to win the whole thing. That's the way that this works. You have to take the Brady, the the, the hated Bilicheks, the the Kraft, all that that evil empire that is the Patriots. I mean, we hate them, but we love to hate them still. How much times do we respect them? We talk about Brady now like, man, I, teams all of a sudden opening up the pocketbooks and saying, we'll take them. After all these years, you're thinking, man, he was a cheater. How quickly things change. And we were talking about this the other day when we were putting some content ideas together for Sports Map. But here's why the Astros and the Patriots are treated differently, right? Is that when all the, the cheating stuff came out about the, the Patriots, that was after they'd already won some Super Bowls. You know, Tom Brady was already considered one of the best players in the league, and they had some pelts on the wall. With the Astros, they're getting this for their first World Series in 2017. So they don't have that... You know, we know you're great. This is what you do. You know, I think somebody called it like their new money. You know, they're not they're not an old established franchise like the Yankees or the Dodgers. So I think that's why people are more upset about this than they are with the Patriots. You know, with the Patriots, you know, players were just like, hey, it's Brady and Belichick. Of course, they're going to win. And oh, and they're cheating. Great. But nobody questioned their greatness, really, like we're seeing with the Astros, which is ridiculous. Altuve is an incredible player. I don't know if you saw Big Poppy come out and say, like, man, he's you know maybe the best hitter in the league. Like, I bet you he's going to come out and have another great year, and, and I do too. I mean, let's think of Altuve, how we praised uh, on many occasions, not just once, on how he hits balls that are way outside of the, the, the strike zone. And so if he knew... That X ball, you know, was coming, not a fastball. Why would he even swing at the, you know what I mean? Like, let's think about who Altuve was, the guy that there's not a pitch he can't hit. Yeah. And we've seen that many of times. How many times have you seen him take golf swings at balls that are, are completely unhittable and put them down the line for, for, for you know, a, a double? No, and you're thinking, how did he do that? He's a good, bad pitch hitter. He's you a know? good, bad pitch hitter. He's yeah. a good hitter. He's a good, good ball. He's the one that, that sends you into the next round off a of champion. He is Altuve. Now, this is always going to sit on him, but Altuve knows what he's doing. Again, at this point, I think that they've had this conversation. It just sucks because, and like I said, I, before all this happened, that's what kind of got me and hurt me a little bit because I, I said, man, that's the one team in Houston that I, you think is the good guys. Like, I fight for him. Yeah. Does this say that they aren't good people? I said, I know that. Does it hurt Altuve's image? Yeah, it's always going to hurt his image, although he might not have you. It's guilty by association. If yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like if you're out there in, in life outside of sports and you do something crazy, right? What happens? People are going to be guilty of association. You're going down with the people that you're associated with. And that's what happened with Altuve. But if we're going to be numbers guys in 2020, look at all the reports that have come out. There's been reports from, from data-driven websites that are telling you, this really didn't help them much. No, they, their offensive numbers were better on the road than they were at home. So it, it really does it. But that makes you even more upset as an Astros fan. It's like you risked all this and it didn't even work. You know, if it works, then okay, it, you know, then it makes sense. But if, if you're doing all this and it, it doesn't work, it, that's what I'm the most frustrated about. But 
whatever. You know, I'm ready to move on. And what do you think about them getting drilled all the time in spring training? I've been I've been watching a lot of these pitches, and a lot of them have been like curveballs that like hit Altuve in the foot. You know, like it. I, I don't feel like the narrative is is that they're getting targeted. No, and remember there was a bet that you could make, and at some places still have it up. And I believe it was in the 70s, 80s. How many times will they get hit? 83 so, and a half. 83 and a half? Okay. So my question is this, because whenever that came out, my first thought was, I mean, yeah, that sucked, but you're giving us men on base, right? So is it a matter of, man, let's get it all out now? As a manager, do you say, man, I don't want to do this during the regular season. Let's peg, these, let's peg them now. Let's get this out of the way, and let's get a point, a point across. Or do you think that this is going to continue into the season at this rate? Because at this rate, I'll take all the free bases you give me. <laughs> I know, but... You know the risk is if somebody gets hit in the hand or something like that, then you know then you have an injury and you know. But hey, look, that's it's going to happen this year. They're going to have to not dig in too much in the batter's box. I I wonder if George Springer's like, you know what? I don't know if I feel like leading off anymore. <laughs> Maybe I feel like hitting at three or four because I'm, I'm thinking whoever's leading off for the Astros is going to get hit plenty this year. And I know Altuve was in the leadoff spot for one of these spring training games. I would not be putting Altuve in the leadoff spot. Now, and we got a we got our guy Lamont. He's reaching out, and he says the the uh, Patriots were accused of cheating in their first Super Bowl versus the Rams videotaping, and they were again. They have a long That's history true. of things, and it just they had it okay on that aspect. You have it of of people personnel, and then whenever it came down to Brady, now it was kind of like okay, player a player driven one specifically uh, Brady. So it's kind of different terms because this Astros one was. I guess player-driven, right? Yep. So everything's different. But what did the Patriots do? Two years later, they went to back-to-back Super Bowls. One beat Carolina, then they beat Philadelphia. So that's how we forget about things. Maybe that next year we were still calling them cheaters. But then eventually, and I'm calling them a cheater now. I'm still saying that, they, yeah, they've cheated. Deflategate, it existed somewhere or another. Something happened. We just couldn't prove it. Now, what happened with the Astros? They were given immunity, and they said, you know what? This is what we got to do. But the problem is, is the Astros after 17, went and played the Red Sox in the ALCS, and then they went to the World Series in 19. But nobody's giving them credit for it. They don't think they stopped cheating. You know, the the Yankee fan is like, oh, well, why would you stop if you didn't get caught? So they think they cheated in 18, 19. That's why we're seeing Garrett Cole having to come out and say he didn't see anything happening. So that's what's unfortunate is we give the Patriots all the credit for winning those next ones, but everybody just thinks the Astros won or got there because they cheated. Let's cheat the books for the next hour and 15 minutes. We're going to teach them a lesson on a Sunday, bloody Sunday. It's me and you versus the world. That's them. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 
Welcome back to Moneyline. Hey, the phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. And that's for you. Anything goes. Astros talk. A little bit of Rockets talk. And those are both on opposite sides of the spectrum because the Rockets talk right now. Oh, how quickly things have changed. And that goes for you too, Bo. I know you stood up here whenever they made that move and you were knocking it a little bit. And you said, hey, you better hold your horses, Houston. Well, the horses are running by me right now. And... I'm not going to say that those horses are running to the playoffs and win seven-game series, but I'll tell you, you got a chance. And I'm not saying that the chances to win the championship, that's the goal, obviously. But if you really look at both sides of the league, both conferences, and we said it earlier, what team really scares you, Houston? Which team outside of, of course, you're going to say the Lakers, which are thin in spots as well, or the Clippers that are thin in spots as well because their superstars can't manage to play many games together. But is this a part of their plan saying, we know what we are. We know we got a best, a good roster. We saw Kawhi do it in Toronto, the load management, and just play when it counts. Bro, you think, you you know, this is Kawhi and, and, and George. Like, bro, we just got to make it to the playoffs, and we're going to be good. Us two, we're going to be healthy. You think they're going to beat a seven-game series? Let's just stay healthy. We need a few games, yeah, I think, for to get in rhythm. It's basketball. You don't want to go out there. But at the same time, I think that they trust in their roster. But I'm not sure that they're going to be. These are guys that have throughout their careers missed games here and there. So it just it's a it's a it's a tricky proposition. And that's why I think the the Rockets have a good chance at the two seed because they are going to be you know using the load management maybe I think more than the Rockets will with Russ. And I, I think that gives the Rockets a chance to jump up there. So. Oh. I'm I'm bullish on the Rockets now, man. I I feel like they're a real contender. You know, do I know if they're going to do it? You know, no, of course not. But I feel like they have a chance now. Now the chance. What are your chances against a Nuggets team that has a? I'm not going to say traditional big because Jokic can come out and and hit the three on you. So a team like that that can play with you in I'm not going to say small ball situations exactly but you can't really just take Jokic out that game because the way he plays offense he spreads the floor as well do those guys in the Nuggets Denver Nuggets do the, they spark any kind of fear in the seven game series to, to me not so much uh, it really it's just the Lakers that, that I'm worried about I mean that that's just me but that's that's the only team I'm really concerned with I like the Rockets that's the one team that I'm a little bit more concerned with after the trade. Before the trade of Capella, if you would ask me, hey, who do you want to match up with in the playoffs? It would have been the Jazz 1, Nuggets 2, simply because over the past two or three years, the Rockets have owned the Nuggets basically at all times when the team was healthy. And now I'm very interested to see how they match up with them because Jokic is probably one of two or three guys in the league that can legitimately punish you on the in the post on a consistent basis. Anthony Davis, fantastic player. He doesn't beat anybody up in the post. He works in the high post. He works in the mid-range. He doesn't back anybody down, and he sure as hell ain't backing P.J. Tucker or James Harden down because he's not strong enough to do so. Jokic, he can do that. He can work out of that, po- that short post, the 5 to 10 foot from the basket range, and we haven't seen them face that guy yet. So I'm very interested to see how that matchup plays out because we haven't seen it yet. And my, I guess, thoughts when this small ball lineup started was the rebounding. And if you look at Houston, they're giving up 13.7 going into yesterday's game, 13.7 second chance points per 100 possessions, which is just right around their season mark. 
So in all reality, they haven't been getting out-rebounded as I thought. And I think a lot has to do, again, with the ability of Russell being able to get that ball. Westbrook and just getting before other teams can set because, and I'm not saying this is the way it usually works, but who's the last guy usually to get back? Centers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They they crashed the traditional centers at that. Guys that are under the board on, on offense, they're trying to get the board, then the other team gets the ball. And when what happens when Westbrook's taken off? That center never gets back. So say Westbrook gets up, boom, boom, he's got the guy on his back heels. Westbrook dishes, boom, a shot. That first rebound, you get an attempt at the center not even being set, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it works. It's They found something that's working, obviously, and it's going to just like – it's hard for the Rockets. It was for a while like, hey, they're going to have to gel. They're going to have to get this to figure out how it works. It's hard for teams to defend that. It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, Russ and James are playing at an MVP level. That, that's hard to deal with. What do you think about Harden going back at Giannis? For, did you see that? I mean, it's good. It's both of them. It, they both – you can tell, though, that it goes to show you how petty things really are and that I hate. I'm not even gonna say petty because they hadn't really. It's more petty on Giannis because he keeps throwing shots, and obviously Harden had his own thoughts on it, and now he's like, "Well, if you're gonna talk on me like that, I'm gonna uh-huh. talk on you." You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he had to bite back because if Harden doesn't bite back in that form or in that moment, then then you go say, "Well, there goes." That's what James is in the playoffs. And again, I, people that listen to this show, I don't want them to think like, "Man, Jer- Jerry's a Harden guy," because I'm not. But at the same time, as much as I get down on him, I got to give him his props because he can, he got to bite back at Giannis. And at one point, you're like, "Man." Speak gangsters move in silence, Giannis. Like Giannis, what are you doing? Like, just stay quiet. Do because you have your downfalls as well. You've been exposed as well. Who? What? What have you done in the playoffs? You know what I mean? So you need to stay quiet as well until you show something. Uh, imagine if the Bucks and the Rockets played in the finals. Oh, dude, that that would be exciting. You have the the audio, right, Andrew? Let's play that real quick. You do have people talking about some of the stereotypes that have blown up around you. Charles Barkley, when they had the All-Star Draft, was saying, oh, no one wants to take James Harden, he's a dribbler. Giannis Antetokounmpo makes a joke on the air about, uh, I want to take someone who can pass. I'm taking Kemba Walker instead of James Harden. I was more assist than him, I think. You ranked 10th in assists going into the All-Star break, and Kemba ranked 36th in Got assists him. going into the All-Star break. So I, don't see, I, don't, I don't see what the joke is, but I, don't even, I, I didn't even see it. You know, I, don't, I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, I just know none of them can mess with me. <laughs> well, Daryl Morey, your general manager, had a great line to kind of address all of that. He said, being different doesn't really get appreciated until it works. Yeah, or when I'm done. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done, um, you know, they'll appreciate it more. You know, but I wish I could just run, run and with seven feet and run and just dump. Like, that takes no skill at all. <laughs> got him. I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill, you know. I'll take that any day. Do you think that in the end, a title is going to give you the respect that you think yeah, you deserve? I mean, it is, and I will get it. You feel confident about that? Yes. Very. I like it. There you got it, Houston. I mean, he, he sounds, and I hate to say, oh, he sounds confident it's going to happen. I'm not squared by that mind thought or anything like that, but it's good to at least see that he's got a little fire and saying, you know what, like, Man, if I could just run the court like you, that's different. Or those guys can't mess with me at the end of the day. However, he he phrased it. You could just, it's a it's a bite back. Like literally, what do you want to do here? I, I I hear you talking. I hear you talking. So so what what? Well, who are you? I got more assists. That means he went and looked up. Like mm-hmm. you know him. As soon as this, he didn't probably know Giannis's 
assist. So he probably went and looked up real quick or one of his boys sent him a text like, bro, look at this. And he's thinking, so why is this guy talking on me? So it's it's petty. It's on, on Giannis's part. I think that James had to fight back. I agree. It makes me like him more. If you, if you watch that whole interview, one of the things Rachel Nichols brings up is they have like a top five MVP kind of piece of content on NBA.com's website. Harden's not even on the list. You know what I mean? And and that's we see this. Like he's not as respected as he should be. As he should be. You but know? how do you gain that respect? You got to win in the playoffs. And we were talking about that the other day. You know, if he finally does win a championship, does all that go away? Is it like with Peyton Manning when he finally got that championship? Like, you know, all the doubt goes away. Because I think the thing with James is he also has an MVP. If you have an MVP and a championship, I mean, what else is there to say about the guy? There will be nothing to say. And that's why, on the other hand, you got another MVP that's a real individualist as a player join this team. Why? Because it's time to put those MVPs, individual Accolades, accolades, put those aside. We're getting old, James. They're friends, right? It's that talk yeah. like, hey, over a glass of wine, maybe a little Hennessy. And they're like, hey, bro, we're getting old, man. It's time to lock this down. It's time to get this right. I'm willing to put my things aside. I think we can do this together. You know what? Let's make this happen. You got my number. The good die young. You hear Tupac in the background. Enjoy your Sunday morning. We got an hour to do this more. The next hour, we got more Rockets talk, the CBA talk, a little bit of funnies, a little bit of everything. The phone line's open, 713-780-3776. If you got anything to say about what we spoke, this is the show for the people. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. But I had to sleep in a hearse because it was my bed My plans probably burning, turning in they grave. So folks ain't even get to see. ESPN. 97.5